Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. Today's passage is Exodus 34 through 35. A.W. Tozer begins his classic book, The Knowledge of the Holy, by saying that what comes into our mind when we think about God is the most important thing about us. And I don't think that I can find it in me to disagree with that statement. What we truly think about God is so monumentally important. At our church, we have eight distinctives, kind of core values that we are committed to. And one of those is we have a high view of God and we're going to seek to maintain that high view of God. And that can be difficult in maintaining that high view of God because it's hard for us to truly grasp how great God is. I guarantee you there is not one person in the world today or ever that has had too high of a view of God. Just think about that for a moment. You do not, and and you're not even in danger. You're not even in the ballpark of having a view of God that is too high. What we are constantly in danger of, and what many of us suffer from, is too low of a view of God. We do not think of God as we ought. We do not think of God as highly as we ought. Now, yesterday we saw an incredible picture of intimacy with God, exemplified by Moses. Today we will see a glimpse of the glory of God. As Moses cried out for God to show him his glory, today we get to see the answer of that prayer. And it's not a visual description that we get so much of. It is really words. It is words that describe the character of God. And we're going to spend some time meditating on these things and and meditating some on the consequences of why you need to have a high view of these things. So we saw the golden calf. We see Moses smash the first tablets. So God tells him to get two more tablets and he goes up uh, onto the mountain. And it says, the Lord descended in a cloud and stood with him there and proclaimed the name of the Lord. The Lord passed before him. In chapter 33, he talks about how he's going to pass before Moses and he proclaims, this is what he proclaims, the Lord or Yahweh, the Lord, Yahweh, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, keeping steadfast love for thousands forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, but who will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children and the children's children to the third and the fourth generation. So we're going to spend most of our time today reflecting on this, really a revelation of the glory of God. I think this is directly in response to Moses' prayer in chapter 33. God, please show me your glory. Now God passes before him, and it is in these words that we will see the glory of God. Now, I want to group these characteristics of God that we see here into three, um, three categories. 
And I want us to think about each one and how we don't think as highly of it as we ought to, and what some of the consequences might be if we don't think as highly of these things as we ought to. The first grouping of characteristics that I want us to see is that God is forgiving. Even right off the bat, it says that he is a God merciful and gracious and slow to anger. And later it says, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin. Now, when we talk about the forgiveness of God, we realize that not only do we not view God as highly as we should, often we view ourselves more highly than we should. You're in zero danger of thinking of God, uh, having too high of a view of God, but you are in incredible danger of having too high of a view of yourself. And here's one way we do that. We unfortunately often minimize our sin. We don't understand that our sin is actually worse than we may realize, but that's what makes forgiveness amazing. So we need to have a right view of forgiveness because if you really understand your sin, you will realize you have no hope. Having a right view of the forgiveness of God will ruin any any sense really of works righteousness, and it will make you really a more gracious person. I think one of the top reasons that people are not as gracious towards others as they should be is that they do not realize how much grace that God has shown them. You see there how if we don't have a a right and high view of the forgiveness of God, we will be people that are frankly hard on ourselves in, you know, trying to earn favor with God through our works and probably hard on others who don't live up to our expectations. These are not things that we should want in our lives. We serve a God who is forgiving, who is merciful and gracious. And we see throughout the scriptures, he calls for us to exemplify those things. He calls us to forgive as we have been forgiven. So we need a high view of God and the forgiveness of God. And one of the things many people, even as Christians, still struggle with is guilt and shame. Even as they look at their past or even as they start to read the Bible and learn more about God, they actually see more of their sin. And the only way we can go through that is if we remember we serve a God who is forgiving and and gracious and compassionate. The next grouping, let's summarize with the word faithful. God is forgiving and God is faithful. It says that he is abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, keeping steadfast love for thousands. And there's a connection there. Faithful, you think of something that is very stable, very consistent, and the idea even of steadfast love, you know, we think of the word steady, something that also is is consistent and reliable. God is perfectly reliable, and God's love is truly a steady love a love that we can count on, a love that will never fail. Now, think about this. How often do we not have a high enough view of God's steadfast love and his faithfulness? How often do we worry, worry that disaster is right around the corner, worry about the difficulties in our lives, worry that it It's as if somehow we will wake up tomorrow morning and have to face life without the love and the faithfulness of God. No, that is never going to happen. If we really had a sense of 
the love and the faithfulness of God, how filled would our lives be with peace and with joy and with a steadiness ourselves, even amidst trials, because we know that we will not have to face one day of our lives as God's people without his steadfast love and without his faithfulness. I hope you're seeing why we really do need a high view of God. Now, the end of this statement highlights really the justice of God. So let's try to stick with our alliteration here and think about how God is also fair. So he is forgiving, he is faithful, and he is fair because he will punish sin. And we need to understand that lest we think wrongly about God's grace. And we even see God calls us in response to his grace to repent. We need to repent of our sin. So we cannot think of, of sin as something that, oh, God will just forgive me and I keep going and, and hanging out in my sin. No, that is not how we should think about sin. This also should remind us of the urgency to repent. We will experience the judgment of God unless we repent and believe and then experience the forgiveness of God. Also, we should be people who seek to tell others about God and his forgiveness, because if they don't turn from their sin and experience the forgiveness of God, well, then they will experience the fair justice that they will receive at the hand of God. So God reveals himself to be forgiving, to be faithful, and to be fair. And there will be problems in your life if you do not think about those things as highly as you ought and in a way that honors God as you ought. Moses, after he hears God reveal himself in this way, it says Moses quickly bowed his head toward the earth and worshiped. So I want to encourage you especially to worship God in response to this revelation of his character today, that you would bow your head and worship God for who he is, as we see here in Exodus 34. Now, as we continue on through this chapter, we see the covenant renewed and God even highlighting in verse 17, you shall not make for yourself any gods of cast metal like you just did with the golden calf, right, is the implication there. And we see him reminding them of things like the Sabbath and the feast of unleavened bread and certain sacrifices. And we see we kind of circle back to the intimacy uh, with God that we see Moses having, where even as he sees the glory of God, his face shines uh, in a reflection of the glory of God, so much so that he has to cover his face. May we be people like Moses, we talked more about this yesterday, who really pursue the glory of God. Now, as we get into chapter 35, you see how they call for contributions to be made to the tabernacle. And in verse 21, it says, And they came, everyone whose heart stirred him, and everyone whose spirit moved him, and brought the Lord's contribution to be used for the tent of meeting, and for all its service, and for the holy garments. So we've already talked about this, but you see God, this powerful, incredible God, who could just plop down the tabernacle from heaven if he wanted to. No, he calls people to be involved. And then even at the end, we see these two men that have been specifically gifted to help build And this should just be another reminder that God, he could just save people through 
uh, visions that he gives them. He could drop church buildings down out of the sky, but no, he chooses to use his people to spread the gospel. Even with churches, he chooses his people to give, to, to help enable these things. Today, he uses people and their various gifts to serve the body of Christ. So let this picture, this beautiful picture in Exodus 35 of the people coming together to build the tabernacle, be an example to you that you are a part now of God's people through the church and and you should be coming together uh, even as we see there as God uh, stirs your hearts or as your spirit is moved to give and to be generous with what God has given you to support the ministry of God in the world, to use the skills that God has given you to help build up the body of Christ. Uh, Let's apply how we see this beautiful picture from Exodus in our own day. But let's remember all that we do, it's really about the glory of God. And in Exodus 34, we get to see one of the most beautiful expressions of the glory of God that we see anywhere in the Bible. And it reminds us that our God is forgiving, He is faithful, and that He is fair. And I hope we're all reminded today of how important it is that we think highly of God. Thanks for digging into God's Word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out RevivalFromTheBible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to CompassBible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.